Hello and welcome to another episode of Ozpol Explained Debunks Myths About The Voice. I'm David, your professor-esque YouTuber slash podcaster, and I'm here to tell you and your uncle on Facebook that no, the voice referendum will not lead to the abolishment of private property and all our land is not going to be transferred to native title. The voice will not make that happen. The voice referendum, if successful, won't actually have any immediate legislative effect, let alone on the Native Title Act, and it won't have any legal power to enforce any changes to do with that act or any other, because it's an advisory body. Parliament is still the ultimate decision maker over what does or does not become a law. Now, if Parliament did want to update or review the Native Title Act, you'd be pretty confident in assuming that The Voice would comment on this. It would be consulted, either, you know, ahead of time or request to be consulted, because that's kind of what it's about. And it would probably have some meaningful impact in this decision, but the Parliament isn't bound to take this advice. But if you're thinking, whoa, you're making it sound like this is actually possible, Look, let's put this claim into its proper context, and that is that this claim is just decades old and it has nothing to do with the voice. It's like someone just like dusted off an old picket sign and painted the voice in like the corner to just cram it in to create a, a new player or antagonist in this narrative that has been going on for decades to no avail and no real change or evidence that it'll ever actually eventuate. It's been decades since the native title legislation was introduced, and look, we still have private land. So the claim sort of goes against like the historical trend of this isn't happening and it continues to not happen. It also directly contradicts what is actually in the native title legislation itself. Basically, native title is the recognition under Australian common law of pre-existing Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's rights and interests in land and waters according to their traditional laws and customs. Land in Australia technically in its default state is crown land, it like belongs to the monarch. And then some of that land is designated now as native title. But any land that is designated private that you can buy and sell, well that just extinguishes any claim to native title. It's just gone. Native title is not like the default thing for land. In Australia, it's only available where traditional custodians can prove a continuing connection to those traditional land and waters. So it goes from native title to private land. It doesn't go the other way. Again, this is one of those many claims that relies on a misunderstanding of what the indigenous voice is. The amendment is pretty clear. It's not a decision-making body. It's an advisory body. That's it. That's what the amendment covers. That is its power and limit. And what the voice and those members talk about is going to be influenced by the broad and diverse ideas of the indigenous people that chose those members from, you know, regional and city areas and all the different needs and perspectives that those people have. Because that's how representative advisory bodies work. They're not focused on a single issue, they're focused on many things. So it might have thoughts, but that doesn't mean that it has an inherent agenda. There's nothing about it that is focused on native title as some sort of goal. The voice is not going to just 
make that happen. That doesn't make sense. The only way for native title to be broadly applied to more land than it currently is, is if the general public is very passionate and wants that to happen, and elects members of parliament who want to change the law to transform private land into native title land. Alternatively, if a member of parliament suggests the idea that public and private land should be just automatically native title, well, if the public doesn't like that, they can vote that member out and demonstrate that policy is not particularly popular. That's how democracy works. The voice is incidental to this. It can only give advice and aid parliament in making decisions. The government is still going to respond to what the general public wants, so it's going to take that on board. And if a demand by the voice is just deeply unpopular, it's not really going to action that. But if the voice provides useful input and perspective on reasonable things that aid parliament, it's going to be like, oh yeah, well, if this gets better outcomes, we should listen to that. And if it gets better outcomes, well, then the general public is more likely to vote those people back in because they see that as effective governance. That's the dynamic of democracy. That is the purpose of the voice. And anything you hear that is all about control or forcing an agenda, well, again, that's not really true now, is it? Well, there you have it. I hope this has helped you understand it better. I hope that you have enjoyed this and maybe helped you explain it better to someone who doesn't quite understand. Share this with other people that would find this useful. Comment down below what you would like to learn about next. Thank you so much to my supporters on Patreon who are helping me pay for my honeymoon. And thank you so much. I'll see you next time.